You're now tuning in to the Journey of an Entrepreneur, where we share real stories and strategies from real entrepreneurs that are out there in the trenches, building their legacy, and making a massive impact. So join us on our journeys and learn actionable tips that will help you grow your brand and make the necessary mindset shifts you need to become one of the elites. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is episode four of The Journey of an Entrepreneur. I'm here with Curtis Washington, the founder of Double Vision Media, branding and marketing expert, right now working with now working with coaches and consultants, helping them build their personal brand and get them, get them known in the marketplace. I personally believe that you know every person has their own story, and nobody can tell their story better than themselves. So I'll let Curtis kind of tell everybody a little bit about who he is, what he does, a little bit more in detail, and what really brought him on the journey of becoming a personal branding expert. Well, first of all, Michael, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure being here, man. Love this. So yeah, my, uh, my journey starts way back, man. It starts from damn near when I can walk, man, because when I was younger, my parents were both hustlers, like in every sense of the word. Uh, they tell me stories about before I was born where they had a white van in Southern California just riding around with a pound of weed, just like, you know, selling it <laughs> on the corner and stuff like that. And obviously when I came into the world, I was there first, uh, the second child oh. in the mix, but there first. And uh, they had to slow all that stuff down. But my mom was always a hustler. Like I saw that. She never had like in the beginning, especially she didn't have like a traditional job. Like she worked in fitness. So she was going from, I think at one point she had five, six or seven different clubs that she was working at teaching aerobics. And I saw that and um, I picked up on that. And it's funny because I have a younger brother and um, <clears throat> when he came into the mix, my dad picked up a job at the VA hospital, the steady job, the one that you know he retired from 30 years later. And my brother went that route. So he kind of just, you know, we kind of split. But when I was a kid, I always had these imaginary businesses. Like, you know, I owned a video game company when I was a kid and we made, we used to take VHSs and pull the sleeves out and put our own covers on there. So I always thought about that. I remember playing video games. There was a game called Space Quest and they had uh, this place called Monolith Burger. And I'm like, I'm gonna have a burger joint. And I took my bunk bed and we took paper and wrapped it up and I was selling fake cheeseburgers to my parents when they walked by. So it was always in my head. And uh, when we relocated from uh, Los Angeles to Denver, you know, I made the decision, I'm never gonna have a job. Like, I'm not gonna have a job. And um, so it was like, okay, what are you gonna do? So I said, I'm gonna be a rapper. Like, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna sell music. And this is around the time of like, Cash Money Records, No Limit, uh, even Death Row. So it was very lucrative. Like you could see people were making millions of dollars doing this, I'm gonna be a rapper. In Denver, probably not the best choice because I was not making money um, doing that. So I decided I'm going to sell drugs. That's how I'm going to make money. Not the best decision in the world. So um, I did. But it's so funny, like, like dope dealing and entrepreneurship, the fundamentals are the same. It's just exactly. the product is illegal and you get caught with it, you're in trouble, which I did get caught with it uh, before I turned 21. I actually got uh, I actually got in a lot of trouble 
uh, I remember it was All-Star Weekend and I was just walking down the street. I had some weed in my pocket and uh, some X-Pills and I got arrested. And that's when all of that started and it started to snowball. And then uh, in 2007, I got arrested like the big one. And um, that forced me to really sit down. I had to do seven years in the community corrections, which was a halfway house. And in that, they basically like beat the entrepreneur spirit out of me. I had to get a job. I had to report my income. They gave me a curfew and all of this stuff. And it just destroyed me as a person. So when I got through that in 2013, I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm like, like shaking, scared to go back into entrepreneurship. So I actually got a job, like several jobs. I worked in hotels for about 10 years in that time, um, overnight. And um, I just decided I'm gonna do the regular people thing. I'm gonna go to college, I'm gonna get a good job. Boom, boom. So I went to college and studied just the most ridiculous stuff you can think of. I studied film and video. I'm certified film and video. I studied uh, broadcasting because I wanted to get into radio. I actually worked in that field and it sucked. Uh, so then, uh, you know, just trying to find myself and rewind a little bit. When I f thought I was going to jail, I decided I'm going to start working out a whole lot. And um, after that, that's uh, shortly after I, I got released, or no, it's 2011, I met my now wife. And she said, you know, why don't you get a job as a personal trainer? And I said, huh, well, I'm in the gym all the time. I might as well. So I studied to become a personal trainer, got certified, <clears throat> and became a personal trainer. And 2015 was probably my best year as a personal trainer. I'm in, in like these numbers aren't even like that big, but I made close to 70 grand that year as a personal trainer. Nice. And I remember it was about this time, 2015, when um, I fell short a couple of hours. Like they said, you had to have 35 billable hours and I was at like 33.5 and they took all my benefits. They oh, took wow. everything the day before Thanksgiving. I remember that. And that's when that entrepreneur bug bit me in the butt and was like, bro, you cannot be working for people. You see how they do you. And I was just, I had to figure it out. And I picked up a book that changed my life. You've probably read it, The 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss. I have not yet read that book, but it's on my reading list for sure. <laughs> you know what? So I'll tell you about The 4-Hour Workweek. A lot of entrepreneurs, especially after seeing the evolution of the online space, and, and especially when you start to listen to Gary Vee and stuff like that, they really talk a lot of mess about the four-hour work week. But what resonated with me about the four-hour work week was that he was bucking tradition. Because you listen to his story and he was like, dude, I didn't know anything about anything. And I just learned and studied. And he was like, you know, I wanted to go to China and be like a kickboxing champion. And I did it. Like, I didn't make a big deal. I just went and did it. And so for me, it was like, whoa, that's what I took from the book was like, you know, we sit up here and, and get so cerebral about our, our intentions and our plans when sometimes it's just go do it, man. Like, just go do it, go mess up, go learn a lesson and, and then kind of figure it out from there. I don't recommend just doing it that way, but I recommend doing that as opposed to doing nothing. You know exactly. what I mean? There's so another book. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Yeah. Uh, another book, I don't know if you've read it. It's on my reading list as well. It's called Ready, Fire, Aim. Yes. And I heard that's just a phenomenal book for just going out there, just taking the action necessary and just 
not worrying about everything being perfect because that's that's one thing that held me back for the last year is I wanted everything to be perfect and I didn't want to push something out there if it was flawed or in any little way yeah. and it, I feel it stops a lot of entrepreneurs so I, I really appreciate you bringing that up as well yeah and to your point man one of the craziest things is like when you put something out that's that's flawed and and that can be corrected you get feedback from your audience like exactly. your potential customers they're the ones who are going to be buying the stuff that you're putting out so their feedback is the most important when you put something out and, and someone says yeah that kind of sucks well, okay what sucks about it let me know so i can fix it you keep running that cycle and you eventually come up with a product that everyone loves like nobody nails it on the first one like like that's it but when i read the four-hour work week it just had me thinking okay you're a dope personal trainer like I was one of the top producers in the company and on paper, I was making $40 an hour. But in reality, when you look at everything, I was making like $9 an hour when you get the commute and all this. Cause in, you know, as a personal trainer, you don't work regular people hours. You yeah. work this hours that people are out of work. So I work like in the morning, in the evening, 6 a.m. to like 8 p.m. Six days a week. It's just barbaric. And so I thought, okay, how can I apply these principles to, being a personal trainer. And this is when I stumbled upon Russell Brunson and ClickFunnels. <laughs> and so I said, okay, there's something here because these guys are, are building empires using this software and their expertise. So I, I really dove in and I started to become a student, you know, of, of marketing and understanding how to put myself out there. And I was running Facebook ads when I figured out you could run Facebook ads. Like this was way back when, you know, you could get leads for like 30 cent. And like, these are legit. I remember I launched my first, I was doing a 30 day, I called it the 30 day evolution with a fitness brand I created called Fly Fit Lifestyle. Oh, and um, I remember the guy who designed my website, he was kind of helping me with graphic design. And he's like, how in the world did you get so many people to opt in to this, to this thing, like I was just talking to him, like, you know, just kind of putting the language out there. And um, I started to, to think about like, okay, at this point, I'm really enjoying this, you know, writing copy, creating these ads, playing with the psychology of marketing. And I'm not so much enjoying personal training anymore. It was kind of, it was just becoming tedious. And I wanted to create a situation where I didn't have to be there in person. Basically, I didn't want to trade my time for money. Yeah. Right. So I was trying to think of ways to do this. And um, this is when I, I started my digital marketing agency is because I took those same principles and said, okay, I, I can produce business for myself. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's a thing. If you can do it once, you can do it a hundred times. Like that's yeah. just, you just got to figure it that way. So I then started doing this for other people. And when we relocated to Florida, uh, you know, I decided I'm going to hang up my personal training boots, so to speak, and, and really dive into this. And uh, I remember the realtor that sold us our house. I sent her a Facebook message and I'm like, could you use like more leads for your own real estate? And she's like, of course. What kind of question is that? Like, listen. <laughs> I've been learning Facebook ads. I don't want to charge you anything. All you got to do is just pay for the ads. Let me work with you and, and find a, a, a strategy that will help. 
And she's like, go for it. What I got to lose. So I started running Facebook ads for her and I got her, and this is right around the time chatbots came out. So I connected chatbots to the real estate ads and we were qualifying these leads like crazy. And um, she was like blown away. She became my first client. And then, you know, I started working with real estate agents and it was fun up until, you know, we started to realize that this stuff only works when there's a system on the back end. And you probably know that like a lead comes in, it's useless if there's no follow-up, if there's no nurturing. So some of the real estate agents I was working with were like, what do I do with these leads? Like, uh, call them, contact them. Like, you know, exactly. they're coming in very frequently, but you have to contact them. So we started really thinking about systems and, and putting some things in place. Well, fast forward to earlier this year, I started to really get, get the fact that I am a master at strategy and that in building a business, you don't have to do everything. Like I, I love strategy. I love sitting with people. We map this out from top to bottom. I can take a grand idea and extract it in the steps from point Z to point A. Right. But I don't enjoy building funnels. <laughs> I don't enjoy flipping switches on the Facebook ads. And this is when you make that evolution from solopreneur to entrepreneur. Yep. And so uh, we, we really decided, you know, one of the biggest things that separates a regular or mediocre campaign from what I now call a dope brand or campaign is when you put your unique voice on it. When you make it yours, when somebody looks at what you're doing and goes, hold on, I've never seen that before. Even if it's the same thing, yep. you know, we take these same concepts of like, of like, um, like Ralph Lauren purple label right now is, is, is hot. $800 t-shirts. What's the difference between that and a champion $8 t-shirt, the logo and the brand around it. The t-shirts exactly. are like the same, you know, fabric. It's just the, how you feel when you wear that logo and how other people look at you. So we really started to dive into the psychology of branding and to realize that, and I think we spoke about this before, you don't have to be a one-stop shop in order to charge premium prices. Yep. All you have to do is deliver a phenomenal experience, a phenomenal experience that someone cannot get anywhere else. And uh, that all boils down to who you are as a person, what you value, and how you present that to the world. There's no, there's no difference between Facebook ads run by company A and company B, but the experience differs between the two. And that's why one can charge premium prices and the other one is trying to compete price-wise. And you, and you think of it from the other side, as an entrepreneur, I started to realize that as I'm getting to this place where it's like, okay, I need to pay my mortgage, you know, it's like people are coming up to you going, I want what you have, but I'm not going to pay you what you're asking. I'm going to pay you this. And you're like, oh crap. Well, I do need the money. And then you end up in this snowball of just like, I hate my life. <laughs> like what have I created? And so I, I started to create that freedom within my business. Uh, by just really looking at, okay, what is it that I'm good at? What is it that I enjoy doing? What do people get the most value at? And make that mine. Yep. 
own the process. How I take people through what I call a brand blitz is different than anybody else that I've ever, you know, had the pleasure of working with. Where it's like it's not it's not cute. It's not fun. We're not gonna like play flowers and unicorns. Like I'm on kick ass for two hours, and when you come out on the other end, you're gonna go whoa, like that. That's what was missing the whole time. And then it affects your delivery. It affects how you speak to people. It affects how you present yourself, both in person and online. And when you create that consistency and congruency in your content, as well as how you are, you know, how you're showcasing your expertise. I mean, you can put a million dollar price tag on your services and not everybody will pay it. But if one person did, you're fine. That's exactly. a million dollar, million dollar client. So <laughs> that's where we are currently is, is we're really in that space of helping people go, okay, there's three categories to where your brand can, can be. You can be whack, which is all over the place. You have no idea what you're doing and therefore you have no idea who you're attracting, but you figured out something, you know? Yeah. Um, you can be regular. Regular is you're good. You could be even great, but you don't stand out. You're, you're just another one where if people couldn't point you out in the lineup, you know? And then you have a dope brand. You are a dope brand where it's just like, it's just like when everybody's looking over here, you go, and they go, oh, I like that. Like that, that is me. Or, ew, what is that? I don't like that. Because there's nothing wrong with people turning their nose up at your service. It's actually a good thing. When people start to talk, you know, talk shit about your brand, like when that happens, that's how you know you're doing something right. And so exactly. this is how I'm, I'm really training my clients to put yourself out there. I've got a lot of clients that start off like, I don't want to, I don't want to make people angry. I don't want to turn people away. <laughs> it's like, no, there's a difference between being offensive, which is, you know, it has its charm, but there's also being firm in who you are. And really, when you plant your, your, your feet and you say, this is who I am, this is what I represent, this is what I do, you're going to draw people who are like that and you're going to deter people who are not. And the people who are like that and especially people who are like that, that can afford your services are dream clients. Like they will be, they will sing your praises. They will be the best piece of marketing you'll ever get because they run with people who are similar to themselves. And then you'll start to get more people coming in that'll work. And you just, you can't be afraid to say no. That's like the hardest thing for me is like when somebody comes in and they want to work with me and I'm like, they don't really, they don't really fit. I've definitely been there. I know I was just working with a client and I was like, we were kind of talking a little bit and it was a kind of a bigger name. And pretty much what happened is I was like, you know, I, I'd like a sponsorship part of the conference you're going to be doing. So I'll do, I'll build out your funnel and run your ads and everything. If I can get my business name on the landing page, right next to Infusionsoft. Um, I want to get my business name at the actual conference itself. And we were working on everything. And next thing you know, they're like, you know, I want a revision. I want a revision. I want a revision. And it was like, they, we, we wouldn't even run an ad for two days. And then they'd be like, oh no, we got to change this. 
and it's like it, it hasn't even finished the initial learning stage yet and everything just kept just everything just kept getting messed up over and over again and that's really when I, I learned I was like you know I, I had to walk away from it because I, I wasn't gonna keep doing it if I'm not bringing them the results that I want especially the first day we got four leads within the first like three hours and then they're like oh no I don't like the landing page we got to change it and it's like dude it's it's working let it work it's it's not always about what you want and what it like what looks good it's about what works I'm here to bring you leads so I'm prescribing you your medicine for your problem yeah. and this is this is what you need and it, they just they didn't want to have it and I really should have understood that in the beginning when we were talking a little bit and he's like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm looking for somebody that will be able to do the stuff that I want them to do. And right then and there, I should have thrown up the red flag and was like, you know, they just want somebody that's going to take orders and do what they want them to do and not somebody that's actually going to do what works and get them the results. Well, you know, it's interesting to that point. Uh, somebody that I just uh, learned from, um, I would consider her a mentor, actually. Her name is uh, Pia Silva. And she wrote the book, uh, Badass Your Brand. And one of the, the real key distinctions to your point right there is in positioning your brand as an expert versus yep. a service provider. And I, prior to earlier this year, had been in the realm of service provider. What do you yeah. want? I'll do it for you. People come in. No, change this. Do this, do this. You got it. No, no, no. Turn that around. I'm the expert. You're paying me to do a thing, move out of the way and let me do a thing. And like you said, when you, when you get that, that red flag coming up where you know that's not gonna be the case, that's when it's prudent to step away and say, listen, I don't think this is gonna work. I operate my business in a particular way and the nature of this conversation has me to believe that it's gonna go in a different direction. Um, I completely respect what you do. However, I don't think this is a good fit. Um, if you'd like, I could recommend you somebody who might be able to take care of your needs better than I can, you know. That's exactly. And I, I definitely love exactly what you just said. Mm -hmm. And it, it's funny because after I walked away, they're like, you know, we we have another ads guy that was running ads for us before. And he's like, you know, we should already have like 300 leads in right now. And it's like, why did you come to me if you had another ads guy that can get these massive results yeah and it's just a lot of people will talk the talk and it really when it comes down to everything it's just they they really don't know what's really going on and like the communication was horrible I had two different people telling me and I, I needed to make changes and then I'd talk to the owner and he really wouldn't know anything about these changes and it's crazy it, it, man. Was, it was just yeah it was nuts <laughs> And it's wild because a, a lot of especially newer entrepreneurs don't realize that, you know, it does more damage to your brand to accept a project or a gig and and have it affect you in a way that diminishes your performance. That yeah. affects your brand more than it does to just say no up front. As a matter of fact, a potential client um, that you that you speak to and you tell them, look, I don't, I don't think this is a good fit, they'll respect you more and actually refer you business uh, based on that precedent rather than you taking their money. Because let's face it, like as an entrepreneur starting off, you need money. Like that's, that's what you need. And so you're more inclined to take on things just, you know, because they're there. 
Yep. If it's not a good fit and you end up with a client base of just nightmare clients, you're going to want to jump off a bridge. And like, trust me, like that was me about three months ago until I decided uh, that, listen, I'm not, I'm, I'm only offering two things now. Like it, it's the brand blitz and we have our bigger package, which is a weekend where we just come in and, and we build it from the ground up. Like that's, they have a set price so that I don't have to write you a proposal. Yep. It's like, you know, Curtis, write me a proposal. No, it's, it's, this is what we do. You know, this is how much it costs. If you don't, if this is not the direction that you want to go, I completely understand. And you see how that power shift comes back to you and having that type of power in your business. You know, I learned this from Dan Locke. It's like for high ticket sales, it's not about competitive pricing. It's about filling your pipeline. If you ask enough people to pay a price, someone's going to say yes. It's a numbers game. A numbers game. And a lot of us we get so scared about, oh man, am I charging too much? You know, and it's like the only person who can tell you if you're charging too much is you. And if you believe you're charging too much, it's going to show in your conversation. It's going to show in your content. It's going to show in your presentation. And then it's going to turn around and people are going to go, well, you're not worth that much. You don't believe it. You know? So it's, it's, it's really a, a mindset of just like positioning yourself and the cool part is it's like it, it doesn't necessarily exist in visual because yep. that's what a lot of people in branding start with a visual and kind of work backwards and you probably see it all over the place i'm leaning up against a lamborghini with a cell phone and you know <laughs> like that like five years ago would set that expectation for somebody he knows what he's talking about but right now it's not about that you could be, you know, you could have a wife beater and a tie on, but if you're good at what you do, if you produce results and you demand a premium and expect quality from your clients just as much as they expect from you, the relationship is going to be so amazing. And you're not going to, you know, I've always posed this question. It's like, would you rather have 10 clients paying you a thousand dollars a month? Or would you rather have one client paying you $10,000 a month? And that is really all in the positioning. You can have somebody paying you $10,000 a month and work with one client and be happy. You just got to find them. You just got to find them and, and go through that numbers game. Sometimes, you know, you might sit on five or six conversations, go, nope, nope, nope. And on conversation number seven, they're like, I like you. 10000 you said? Where do I sign? Like, yep, that was, that was it, you know? And they're, they're going to be your, your biggest piece of marketing collateral because that person can pay you ten thousand dollars a month and not flinch knows other people who can do the same you know and it's just it, it's a beautiful existence but it takes the front end work yep, no exactly yeah and back to the the 10 clients at a thousand or one client at ten thousand the amount of like results that you can bring that one client because you can give them all of your time yes is the exact reason why you can charge ten thousand dollars. Exactly. The difference between the two isn't the quality of work that's going to be happening. It's the time that's going to be spent with that client and making sure everything is going the way that it's supposed to go. And like for my program, it's a fourteen-week one-on-one program, and we dive deep on the brand. We do and we do do the funnel and everything, and we get um, a chat bot set up but it's really all about their brand, their messaging. So that way, as you said before, everything can stay consistent. 
because if you don't have that consistency in your brand and you are all over the place, you're not going to make sales. And I've, I've learned this from the first six, seven months of this year is as we were both were talking about, we tried to offer all of these things in with our services. And once we really start narrowing it down and getting our signature system in line, and that's exactly like Russell Brunson, he can charge a million dollars because he does the funnel and then has other people do like the back end of building out the email sequences and everything. But his signature system is a funnel. It, he pretty much keyed the term from my recollection and my knowledge is he took what other people would call a website, took away all the buttons on the website besides the submit button for the order form and keyed it as a, as a funnel. And that's exactly why his brand and everything is taking off because he has that signature system. And that's a beautiful example, man. I mean, that's the thing. Click funnels is, you know, fundamentally as a product, not much different than like lead pages or some of these other softwares, but the brand click funnels, the fact that there are people who have hit what they call the two comma club, which I'm sure you're familiar with. They can charge what they charge. And some people, I've, I clients that are like, I don't want to pay a hundred bucks a month for ClickFunnels, and I've got other people who are like, go ahead, whatever, you know. And, and it, but it's it's the name that you're you're really paying for the association, feeling like, oh, I'm funnel hacker now, you know. That's exactly. <laughs> and, you know, when that's when I first got into it, I remember I I got the Expert Secrets book, and it came yep. with a black box full of just all these goodies and t-shirts and stickers. I'm like, yo, I'm part of the tribe now. And that was like my first experience with like a truly powerful brand was just like, yo, like not only is it, you know, a a huge overarching term, but there's a tribe of what's like hundreds of thousands of people right now that are associated with this. Um, And, you know, it's, it's, is beautiful man and like to your point you know it all boils down to kind of coming to that signature thing like ClickFunnels doesn't offer a whole bunch of different like softwares they have click funnels like that's their one thing and then there's other things that kind of come to it but discovering that one thing like i don't know if, if you've had the same experience but like when i first cut i can only imagine what people thought of my brand because it was all over the place and you can it's a litmus test like when I first started doing Facebook ads, I would post, you know, results that I was getting for clients. You know, this is how much they spent is the lead, the lead. And I was attracting more Facebook ads clients. And when I decided to pivot and I was still putting out my results, I was still attracting Facebook ads clients. So something as simple as that, what you do put out there has a psychological effect on your audience. And if they see an incongruency, they're going to side eye you a little bit. Now, what people don't realize is that it's not incredibly hard to reestablish your brand, to reestablish your authority if you've lost it. And the number one thing you can do right there is expose yourself, like really be completely honest. Like for me, my brand started to take off when I told people like, look, I've been messing up for like the past couple years, y'all. And I'm sorry if you've seen it, but, uh, you know, I've, I've found the light. And if you follow me on this journey, you know, you'll see 
it in play and I promise you it's not gonna the waiver and I've got people like still cheering me on it's like bro like you've come up because before like I was worried about you then like you know <laughs> and even my wife is like you know there's a difference between up leveling and making too many switches yeah and when I when I saw that in myself and I said okay I can pause that then I start to see it just happening like I've got colleagues that I've worked with that, you know, three months ago, they were coaches. And then this month now they are funnel hackers. And, you know, it's just like, I get it. There's shiny objects everywhere, but the most successful people in any industry, like Kobe Bryant, you know, is a basketball player. You know, you didn't see him go off and try to play football and, you know, try to be an, an actor, you know, in his prime, he was a basketball player and he put all his effort into being a basketball player and it showed, you know, yep. like something that you can learn from that. Yeah, that's definitely a great example. I know like the first part or last part of last year, I was real estate investing and I pretty much built my brand around that. I was working with Josh Forty and that's pretty much what we built me as, I guess you could say. And next thing you know, the flip that we were doing just completely flopped. Mm -hmm. I ended up losing a couple thousand dollars and I was like, you know, I need something that's less risky. Yeah. So then I was, I was like, you know, I, I was building a little bit of funnels here and there for my um, real estate investing company, trying to generate some leads of some home buyers and everything. So I was like, how can I take what I was doing there and kind of shift it over to what I want to do. And I've always loved marketing and I was a high school dropout. I ended up going back and finishing and I took a little bit of marketing on Udemy and a little bit in high school itself the second time I went through. And I, I really kind of fell in love with it. And that's why I was going to be like, you know, I'm going to start this business because I know how to market. So then I, I was going to start a restaurant the day before I was supposed to purchase that. They ended up selling it to somebody else. And I was like, well, shit, what am I going to do now? And then that's when I was like, you know, I'm just going to invest in real estate. My end goal was to purchase rental properties from the money I made from the first business. So might as well go back into real estate and figure that shit out. Did that for seven or eight months. And then the property ended up flopping. We were six months into it. It's supposed to take us two and a half months. It's supposed to take us 25,000 to repair. We were about 50,000 into it. And it just, it was not going the way that I wanted it to go. And I was like, you know, maybe maybe this isn't the right vehicle for me because I, I wanted rental properties and we were working on flip properties. So it's like, this isn't the way that I want to go. And I was like, you know, I, I really like the marketing aspect of everything. So let's, let's kind of dive in there. And January 1st, I dove into marketing and that's when I was like, you know, I'm going to do Facebook ads. I'm going to do Google ads. I'm going to do YouTube ads. I'm going to do freaking Pinterest ads, do every single thing that I can get my hands on. So that way I tracked everybody. I had no ICA built out. I just, I knew I wanted to help everybody with their business. And mm -hmm. then it just, I, first business I got was a restaurant, ended up getting them as anywhere from, I can't remember if it was 38 or 48 leads. And 16 of those actually went in and purchased the, used the voucher. And I was like, Oh man, you know, I got this. I'm, next month, you know, I'm going to sign these people on to the contract and talk to him. He's like, yeah, man, you know, my marketing budget's only 400 bucks a month. I was like, fuck that. And mm -hmm. I just completely, I went on, I was like, you know, 
maybe restaurants aren't for me. I'm going to try a different niche. Went to real estate agents, talked to about, I'd say 60 or so agents and none of them were there. Like, you know, I, I get enough leads. I don't want any more leads. I just, I wasn't positioning myself as that expert in the field. So then I was like, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to switch my niche again. And I just kind of kept switching it. And then now I'm like, you know, I, I love working with coaches. I love that one-on-one -on -one aspect of coming in to somebody looking at what they're already doing and looking at how we can actually grow what they already have, or even just hundred percent do a rebrand on everything that they did have just so that way they can kind of go out there and become the authority in their marketplace. Man, you just touched on a point right here that anybody who's listening to this really, I hope they caught that jewel in there. So when you were just talking about uh, the restaurants and the real estate agents and, and some of these other things that just didn't really fire you up, first of all, I could hear it in your voice and see it in your face, like, you know, <laughs> but the motivation behind what you were looking for was monetary, like, yep. you know, but when oh, you just talked about coaches and, and entrepreneurs in that world, it became more about the passion you have for helping these people. And that's a fundamental shift that I feel like every entrepreneur needs to make in order to succeed, or you're going to be flopping around like a fish out of water. Understand impact over income. And wow. impact doesn't mean, oh, I need to change the world. Oh, I need to feed all the starving in the world. But it just, impact is, is making a difference in someone's yep. life such that they are moved, touched, and inspired. That being the motivation behind what you do versus how much can I make? And exactly. if we live in this world of screenshots of 10K and 20, and you go, oh man, I want to make that kind of money. Where can I go? Like in my coaching group, I actually, there was a, a, a young man who was, um, he's a, a rapper. And, you know, in one of our coaching calls, he's like, man, um, so I'm trying to get these dentists on board for my marketing so I can make a little bit of money. And everybody in there was like, time out. Why do you want to work with dentists? One of the guys was like, I work with dentists. It's not fun. Why? He's like, oh, I'm trying to make some money, trying to make some money. It's like, okay, you're not going to make a dime if that's what you're trying to do. So I would recommend ditching the whole dentist thing, doubling down on your artistry as a rapper, because if you can nail a, if you can nail a strategy that gets you a quantifiable result, then you can do that for other rappers because that's a wide open niche right now. You know, rappers aren't getting served in the marketplace by, you know, marketers the same way that, that, that other industries are, musicians even. Um, and that's a whole nother beast when you start to deal with like the music industry, that's something yeah. else. <laughs> that notwithstanding, as an entrepreneur, you can completely innovate and restructure how business is done as a musician. And when I broke that down to him, his eyes got lit up. He said, this is it. This is what I need to focus on. And so we helped him build out a whole campaign and strategy around blowing up his brand. He completely ditched the idea of having to go cold call dentists. You know, like, what do you know about being a dentist, man? Like, that means you got to go do some research. You're going to have to call. You're probably going to get hung up on a couple times. Like, do you want that life? Or do you want to like bubble up as a freaking musician, put a strategy and system behind that, and then either, you know, enjoy your artistry or take a step back and become that for other musicians. 
So, you know, when you said, you know, making that shift between, you know, restaurants can only pay $400. And if you don't give a shit about restaurants like that, then, you know, what's the point? But working with coaches, I always say, like, you should get into a, a, a job where, not a job, but, you know, you should be doing something that you would be doing for free. Exactly. Like, you know, it's, you're that passionate about it. Like for me, like I have to slap myself on the wrist sometimes when someone's like, Hey Curtis, can we have a, 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 a strategy session? And part of me is like, yeah, let's do it. Whatever. You know, let's, I love talking to people like this. I love helping you. But then my business mind is like, bro, don't, don't open that door, man. Cause they're going to be hitting you up every time they need something. And there's nothing wrong with that. But again, positioning, if you're too accessible, you know, uh, Denzel Washington had a line. It's like, why would anybody pay to see you on the weekend when they see you for free all through the week? It doesn't make any sense. So it's like, you know, you kind of got to limit your accessibility. I actually changed my phone number just recently. So people just can't pick up and call me or text me when they just need a question answered. And there's no disrespect to them, but just yeah. as an evolution of my business, it's just the way it has to be. Yeah, definitely love that. And I've definitely gotten a lot, even for myself, I've got a lot of valuable information from you. And just to kind of wrap it up a little bit, what are three actionable steps that somebody can take today and kind of grow and monetize their own brand? Absolutely. So number one, number one, find your one thing. Find that one thing. Uh, I call it, you know, it's, it's referred to as the ikigai. Have you seen the the yep. diagram of the guy. Yeah. So it's, you know, find that one thing, that thing that you're good at, that you love doing, that the world needs and that people will pay you for. Find what that is and put all your energy into that. That's the number one thing I would recommend people do, like stop in your tracks. If you're not happy with like where your finances are or, or what you're doing in, in your job or in your business, take a step back and find your one thing. Number two, Surround yourself with people who are better than you. Continue to surround yourself with people who are better than you. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Like always get around, and I'll even take it a step further. Surround yourself with people who are better than you at that one thing that you're trying to, to level up on. And I guarantee you just through osmosis, you're gonna soak up so much game, you're gonna become so much better you know, because it's not about at that point trying to impress people that are that you're smarter than. It's now about taking in information from people who are smarter than you. And the third thing is kind of a hodgepodge of a couple different things. But I would say the third thing that I would definitely recommend people do is just take a look in the mirror, right? Find yourself, define yourself, and refine yourself. So what does that mean? Understand who you are to, to a degree where, where you are very comfortable with who that is and then keep working to, to build on that. Um, I was having a conversation yesterday with my coach and he was talking about whenever you feel like on a scale of one to five, you're a four or a five, you're not playing a big enough game. So continue to refine, continue to build that gap between what you want and who you are. And keep pushing that out there because it's going to make you bigger. It's going to yep. force you to grow. So find yourself, define yourself, refine yourself. Yeah, I definitely love all three of those. For like number two, I'll go to conferences and everything. And a lot of people are like, dude, why are you not talking? 
It's because I'm trying to soak in all the information I can. I'm not learning if I'm the one speaking. I try to tell people that all the time. And they're like, man, you got to at least go out there and network. And I I do. Just because I'm standing in the circle and not saying anything, I'll listen to everything everybody's saying and I'll I'll soak it in. So that way, because there's always at least one golden nugget within every conversation that I believe somebody can take away from. And it's like Sam Walton. He would learn from people that were just pretty much the store associates at the store just because he felt like there's always something you can learn from somebody else. Facts. Absolutely, man. That is 100%. Man. Telling you, they say the, the most interesting person in the room is the most interested. So if you yep. always keep your ears open, you got two ears and one mouth for a reason. So yeah, that's it. Exactly. And I worked retail a long time. So my ears were always working. If somebody, if I heard somebody say something, I'd be right there just answering their question, getting them what they need. And that really kind of really helped my listening skills is just being able to sit there, even in a room of crowded people, I can hear somebody that's like 20 feet away. If they're saying something that's important, I will, my ears will pick it up. It's like a freaking satellite. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I definitely love speaking with you today. It was great. I I got some even actionable steps that I'm going to go out there and take for my own self and my own business. And as always, everybody, hustle hard, hustle smart, go make an impact. And for every person, there's a story. And if you want to find me, any social media platform at Mr. Double Up, that's M-R-D-U-B-B-L-U-P. I'll definitely put that in the show notes as well. So if you want to send me that over on messenger i'll definitely throw that in the show notes so people can go and click the link you got it you got it thank you so much for having me my man no problem peace out man this is